0: I mean, there are two kinds of establishment. There's the political establishment, there's the cultural establishment. And I think once you've had a certain amount of poetry published, um, once you can command a certain audience, I think, you know, you're part of the po- You know the cultural establishment. Um, whether you like it or not, what can you do? you are have to Is just stop writing. It? No. It all depends on what you do. You know, I think if you want to... If you're part of the the cultural establishment and what you want to do is make whatever art form you're involved in, make it very elitist, make it very expensive for people to go to and things like this, then I think it's a bad thing. But with people mm, like me and other other people I can think of, um, we want to open it up. We want to get people involved. We want to encourage other people. You know, all I want to do is like... uh Write poems when, I, when the, the mood takes me and, you know, listen to poetry and enjoy poetry. And I don't want to be the one who's doing interviews all the time and being said to be at the forefront of British Dog Poetry. And I want other people to take over. You know, I, I've got no problem with that at all. But you famously turned down the OBE, and every interview that I read, kind of previous to come to see you, has that in, like, the intro. Does that annoy you? It does, yeah. I mean, I came to this school today and a couple of teachers went, that was amazing, thanks for that. You know, you were brave. And they go, I'm not brave. I Look, Brought and Sold, the poem where I, you know, was written a long time before that. and uh, So it's kind of insulting that they was even offered to me in the first place. It obviously shows that they haven't really read my poetry. They've probably read one or two and go, yeah, this is cool. Um, and, you know, with most interviews, I say, well, let's try and not talk about it. Sometimes I say to the interviewer, let's do an interview and not talk about it, not mention it. And then I see the interview and they've mentioned it, you know. And, it, you, and you're right, it starts with that. Um, no. I mean, there's a few things that have happened. There's been a time, for example, when I could have sued a national newspaper over something they said about me, which is completely light. And all the legal advice told me that I could have sued and won and got lots of money. And I said, no, I don't want to be known as a poet to sued the paper, you know. There's, there's a lot of talk about the black community being in crisis, about the lack of role models, um. Why do you think that's such a big deal? Do you think the black community is in crisis? I think the black community has always been in crisis, you know, but it's, it's, it's at dif- different levels, basically. You know, when they talk about black gun crime and all that stuff, look, when I was young, we had sound system wars. People got shot. You know, my friend's ear got cut off and he went and murdered somebody. He was doing life sentence when he was 14. When I was 15, I was sleeping with a gun underneath my pillow. Um, you know, we've always. I mean, but the white community's always been in crisis as well. I suppose we talk about it because we're concerned about it and, and um, you know, uh, I, you, you when a white person shoots a white person, it's just, you know, a gun crime. When a black person is black on black, you know, it's, it's got to be given a name and all that kind of stuff. And I suppose because we're relatively new here and because of certain underachieving in certain areas, I suppose we've got to care about it. But the But the fact is... But um, I'm not one of these people that says, you know, ban rap music or ban ragga music and stuff like that. But when you've got role models who are saying, you know, kill a body man and all this stuff, I don't think it helps. I don't think that black kids go, wow, kill a body man, let's go and do it now. I don't think it works like that. It's not as simple as that either. I'm not very keen on, certainly when people say, hold me up as a role model, I get very nervous about it. You know, I think, you know, look at my poetry, look at my work, look at my political stuff, but you don't know. I do at night. I mean, I have to go back to my youth. And I don't know it, it's a long time ago, but th- there's not much of a change really. If a kid wants to be a hip hop artist, there's nothing wrong with that. You know what upsets me? P. Diddy, Snoop, a few other people, right? They've lived a the fog life and everything. Right. You hear them talk about it all the time. You never hear them talk about the fact that they did courses in business studies. Yeah. That's what you want to big up. Yeah, I did a course in business studies. Yeah, I made a few records. I made some money, and I wanted to set up a business, and I, didn't, I couldn't add up. So I went and did some business studies. But that doesn't seem cool. I know I've been on Relton Road in Brixton. I'll never forget it one day, hanging out with some brothers, and one brother's telling me that, yeah, he's cool because he's got two women. He could marry any one of them. He's got two women, other women that are prostitutes working for him. They're bringing in money. Another guy's saying, yeah, I just just put myself a... Serious, whatever BMW, and I turned around and went, yeah. I just thought a novel has been translated in three languages. I mean, what the fuck's that? <laughs> what that? You know? And I thought they didn't recognise, they didn't see that as no achievement at all. What What are you proudest of? The novels, the poetry, the campaigning. What I'm proudest of is waking up one day in what we used to call a safe house in Birmingham, having slept that night with a gun under my pillow. And, you know, having, kind of, being at war with gangs, other gangs, being at war with the police, and waking up that morning and going, I don't want to do this anymore. It may sound trivial, but that was it. I just went, I want out.